theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Praise God. What a wonderful presence of the Lord we feel in this place. I'm going to ask that you remain standing just for a moment. My name is Akil Thompson. I have the pleasure of serving as pastor here at Extraordinary Church. We believe we're the perfect church for imperfect people. We also believe that by faith we're the fastest growing church in Canada, reaching the world. And that's because we're on a mission. Our purpose is to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. We love to, to celebrate and we, we, we try to get to a lot of birthdays, in particular those that serve uh, in some form on one of our leadership teams. And somebody else had a birthday in December. I got to shout out my man, Craig McHugh. Uh, Craig had a birthday. Craig, we got something for you, bro. We love you. Come on up here, man. We appreciate you real quick. And uh, would you all let Craig know how much you love him, appreciate him doing an amazing job back there serving on our media team. We appreciate him so much. Praise God. We're not going to talk about how old you are, sir. I know I got you by many years, so you're good. Praise God. Love you, man. Appreciate you. Praise God. Praise God. Well, let's go ahead and get our Bible uh, up, if you will. Uh, get that Bible app if you have your Bible app with you. If you don't, don't worry. We'll put it on the screen. If you don't know, the Extraordinary Church uh, app has a Bible. and You can go right to the Extraordinary Church app and get the Bible. So uh, if you don't have that, go ahead and download that. It will be a blessing to you. Heads up, I'm going to read quite a bit of passage today. But I won't keep you more than maybe two minutes. But real quick, make this declaration with me. We do it every week. We try to. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. Praise God. Now open it up to Luke chapter 1. As we are in the Advent felt it appropriate to come from this passage and preach what the Lord has laid on my heart today. And if you don't know what the Advent is, let me just take a moment. And It simply means the longing of someone really important. That's what it means, what it means. So um, let's look at Luke chapter 1, the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Luke, verses 26 verse 26 and I'm going to read through quite a bit also let me just say we just dropped our December challenge you can get that on the app right there where you can participate and engage I want to challenge everybody to do so it's going to bless you and inspire you to be well and experience wellness in every area of your life okay let's go ahead and do it let's look at this verse 26 in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. 
you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People, Elizabeth, honey, you thought about that the whole time. Anyway, that just if you've never seen the movie Old Yeller, you, you, you just need to watch it but I thought about it. Elizabeth, honey, Elizabeth, honey. Anyway, uh, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Wow. I can't wait to give you some context here. Just hang with me. Just a little bit more. We're done. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt or leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth is blessed. Uh, Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And I want to preach this thought to you. Praise God. I got a a little illustration today, too. I know I feel like a Sherry O'Donnell. uh, Sherry O'Donnell spirit on me. Praise God. Craving chocolate craving chocolate praise god elvis that smile i couldn't i that smile i don't normally get that kind of feedback when i'm preaching from elvis praise god i'm just kidding he's with me i I appreciate it let me just give you that that is that's my favorite i don't eat a lot of chocolate but when i do praise god amen thank you man because i i okay fam and you too Praise God. I got more. Don't worry. Praise God. Craving chocolate. Would you help me pray? Father, we love you. We bless you. Pour out your spirit in this place. Anoint the teaching and preaching of your word that you would be glorified and exalted. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Praise God. Craving chocolate. Anybody Anybody in the house not like chocolate? Oh, not. not okay. Praise God. Praise God. Wow, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of there. I'm kind of there too. Moms uh, to be crave some of the most unusual foods and food combinations during pregnancy. I have just some, some real life excerpts that I'm going to share with you. I want you to check out what these moms love to snack on while they're waiting for their babies to arrive. Many moms have stories about unusual foods they crave during pregnancy. From the stereotypical pickles and ice cream to ice cubes to super tart lemonade, the stories are as varied as the women who experience them. But here's a look at what some expected moms craved most during their pregnancies. 
Tamika Tillard, Brooklyn, New York, mother of two boys, inherited her mother's cravings for mango. My mom's preference was green mangoes. Mine was ripe mangoes, she says. Tiller goes on to say, I also got really into ice and seltzer, seltzers in my second pregnancy, and I've not been able to kick the ice since the birth of my last son, Barack. Now, she also goes on to share that her mom craved chocolate when she was in utero. Uh, this craving became part of my creation story because I have a large birthmark that starts on my shoulder and descends down my right arm. Somebody else had a favorite fruit. I quote, I had a craving for fresh pineapple, not canned, shares Anna Gamel, uh, mom to a boy and girl in Meridian, Idaho. Toward the end of my pregnancy, I asked for it uh, on the side at restaurants, cooked it in all of my meals and put it on the side of my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I even started dipping it in melted chocolate for a daily dessert. I wouldn't even choose, I would even choose restaurants based on their pineapple availability. Moms here that are, have had children uh, understand. Uh, here's another sweet and salt or salt and sweet combo. I craved french fries dipped in root beer during my third trimester confides Corey Magnota. She says, you know what? My son is now almost two and goes crazy when he occasionally gets to have a french fry as a treat. Wow. Somebody else said, the perfect pretzel. When I was pregnant with my older son, I craved a very particular thing, mustard-flavored pretzels. I normally don't like them, but I loved them when I was pregnant, said Jennifer. She started craving them again 21 months later and suspected correctly. Another baby was on the way. So you know it, uh, whether it's pickles, whether it's chocolates, there's all types of cravings when we're expecting, when moms are expecting. But I want to give you just for a quick moment some context as to what happened because I didn't have an opportunity to read all of it for you. Zachariah is a priest. Now, Zachariah is the husband to Elizabeth, okay? And he is a member of the priestly order. You could read this right here in Luke chapter 1. So just start at the beginning. Uh, this is, you don't have to dig in the word for this. But he's a, uh, a member of the priestly order of Abijah. And his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Okay? Now, they were godly and righteous people, the Bible tells us. And they did carefully, uh, they carefully obeyed God's instructions at all times. However, they had no children because Elizabeth could not conceive, and they were both very old. Now, Zechariah goes into the temple to minister and to do his priestly duties, and the Bible tells us that many people are outside praying while he is inside ministering, doing his priestly duties, and he's visited by an angel. Now, an angel comes to him in a very old age and tells him, you're going to have a son. To which Zechariah is like, how? I'm old. I'm old. Now, he's really polite because he doesn't call his wife old, if you read it in the New Living Translation. He's like, I'm old, but she's well along in years. Just trying to help somebody with some marriage counseling, praise God. Zechariah was a smart man. The angel of the Lord said to him, hey, you're going to have a son. 
name him John and he will be a blessing in his generation. Zechariah is confounded. He's bewildered. He is confused and he doesn't know how this is going to happen. And basically he's like, how? And the angel Gabriel is like, look, bro, I'm standing in the very presence of God Almighty. I'm not lying to you. You, sir, are going to have a son. But since you doubt it, you're not going to say another word. Silenced. So Zacharias couldn't even respond. It happened so quickly. He's done doing his priestly duties. People look at him when they come out and they're like, this is a miracle. Because typically, preachers don't shut up. That was funnier than y'all responded. Come on, praise God. I know maybe we got the heat on it and a little too hot. Praise God. So he comes out and he's like, hey, he has nothing to say. And the people are like, something clearly is wrong. But they can deduce that something supernatural has happened and even accurately conclude that he's seen an angel. He gets home. Can you imagine? He gets home and Elizabeth is like, what's up, babe? And he's like, waving really big. Soon afterwards, Elizabeth is pregnant. <laughs> but he couldn't talk. Praise God. At some point, you know, you, I could preach this. This is another topic, but you don't have to talk about it. You just got to do it. Zacharias couldn't tell her what happened, but he could show her better than he could tell her. And this story is fascinating because in one household you have Zechariah, and the other you have Elizabeth, who have been married. Uh, you, you have them; they've been married for years, and for some reason they've not been able to conceive and have children in their relationship. Uh, I'm sure the conversation probably went something like, "Hey, we've tried, but for some reason or another, uh, whatever the Lord's will is, we cannot have children." So. Let's just not talk about it anymore. Let's just leave it there. Let's not bring it up. We're happy with one another. We'll be content with the Lord's will. Decades go by, and Zacharias and Elizabeth are probably in their 60s, maybe their 70s. On the other side of this equation in this text that I read you, there's a family that hasn't even come together yet. Joseph is engaged to be wed to Mary, and before the engagement and the wedding could ever commence, and before they could even consummate their marriage, Mary is visited by an angel, Gabriel, and overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. Providentially and miraculously, she winds up pregnant. And Gabriel tells her, hey, it's not just you that this is happening to. It's happening to your cousin, Elizabeth, as well. Elizabeth is in her 60s, maybe 70s. Mary is probably in her teens, more than likely. Check this difference out. This is crazy. So in modern culture, you're talking about you got a baby boomer who's pregnant, and you got a Gen Zer who's pregnant right now. And God is about to do something amazing in both of their lives. He's about to do something in Mary that's going to change everything. 
And Elizabeth is pregnant with someone who was going to make the way clear for the one who Mary is carrying. Two vastly different generations need each other for God's purposes and plan in the earth to be fulfilled. Now, here's what I'm about to do. I'm about to do a poll. I know y'all kind of look a little sleepy. So, uh, I'm about to do a poll, and I don't want anybody, this is just for illustrative purposes, but I don't want anybody to be like, I don't want anybody to know my age. I'm forever 18 years old. Okay, we know that's not true, praise God. Just, just help your boy preach here for just a minute. Just help, help me preach, and I want you to do me this favor. If you were born between 1925 in 1945, I want you to stand. If you were born between 1925, 1945, there's got to be somebody in there. 1925 to 1945. Okay, okay, okay. I, I know we got one. I know we got one. If you were born between 1946 and 1964, would you stand? All right, give it up for the baby boomers in the house. We got some baby boomers. Praise God. I want to give the baby boomers some love. Praise God. Baby boomers. All right, I'm coming. Who? Joyce? No, no, no. But mom back here, absolutely, all day long. That you get double the trouble. You get double the trouble. No, Joyce, I'm just kidding. I'll get something for you afterwards. I just, Joyce is like a second mom to me. I tease her all the time. She knows that I love her so much. Praise God. Okay, now, uh, let me, let me, what we're going to do is, if you were born between 1965 and 1979, I'm coming, Joyce, 1965 to 1979, would you stand? Look at Generation X showing out. Generation X, what, what? Let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay, all right, great, great, great. Now, if you were born between 1995 and 2012, oh, wait, 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 wait. I skipped the millennials. You were born 1980 to 1994, where are my millennial babies at? Would y'all stand? Look at these millennials. Look at these millennials. All right, respect, respect, respect. Love me some millennials. Okay, great. You may be seated. Like a typical millennial. Like a typical millennial. Let me give these millennials something right now. Praise God. <laughs> I heard both of y'all at the same time. At the same time. Praise God. Amen. Amen. All right. Yeah, the silent generation. Y'all was, yeah, was silent. All right. 
Millennials. Okay, now, next. If you were born between 1995 to 2012, would you stand? Wow. Give it up for Gen Z. We got a lot of Gen Z repping in the house. I love me some Gen Z. I love me some. I'm going to hook y'all up later. I'm going to hook y'all up later. Y'all can be safe. Do we have, uh, I know we have some in the building. I don't know if we'll have some down. I know they're in the building, maybe not in this room, but do we have any Gen Alpha 2013 to present? Look, 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 look. We got three babies. Yes, yes, yes. Amazing. Right here. Give it up for Gen Alpha. Okay, you may not know this, but this is what kind of got me in this vein. I follow a dude by the name of Craig Rochelle. He does some leadership teaching, and he sent out something that triggered my thoughts to bring me to this text that I preached to you today. He said, for the first time, five different generations are sharing the modern workplace. Builders, boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z, all differ in values, language, and culture. And in this room, we just identified five different generations sharing this space. A sixth, if Mama Lila was with us today, this truly is a multi-generational church. And here's what the enemy of our souls would like to happen between generations. For there to be no communication, for there to be no collaboration, for there to be no connectivity. See, the enemy of our soul wants us to look at each other like, what are you even doing? I don't understand you. In my day, I had to walk 10 miles to school. In the snow with no shoes on. Had to get up at three o'clock, do all the chores in the house, go to work, and then come back and go to school. And still had straight A's. And you want to sleep till seven? <laughs> Pastor Barry's like, that's right. See, the enemy wants division between the generations instead of collaboration, instead of connectivity, instead of communication. We don't stand apart from each other. If you understand how generations work, we wouldn't be here without the previous generation. So there's more to gain from those that came before us than there is that what alienates us. Can somebody say amen? So God did something unbelievable. He said, I'm going to ensure that these generations are not on opposite sides of the spectrum. I'm going to get them both pregnant. I'm not just going to let the older generation feel like they've already produced what they're going to produce and they've already given birth to what they're already going to give birth to and just cheer on the younger generation to say, we did our part, now it's yours. No, 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 no. There are some things that he has held back that he wants to still get you pregnant with. Can I get pregnant at 75 with vision? Absolutely. Can I be pregnant at 82 with vision? Absolutely. What I'm telling you, God put something on the inside of you that you can give birth to that will be necessary for the generation coming behind you. 
He puts Elizabeth, every time Mia is my child, every time I was, when I was writing this, I was like, Elizabeth, honey, Elizabeth, honey. Uh, he puts Elizabeth, honey, to the side and says, Elizabeth, I want you to know you're going to have a baby. But I needed to wait to get you pregnant. I wanted you to be older. I wanted you to be more seasoned. I wanted you to have some experiences. I wanted you to go through some things in life. I wanted you to experience those disappointments. I wanted you to experience those setbacks so when I got you pregnant, you could talk to someone younger than you who's experiencing the same things, and when they have questions that need to be answered, you'll be able to answer them. Elizabeth, in her 60s, maybe 70s, pregnant. Mary, 16, and pregnant. And they need each other. So, what I'm going to share with you is why many of you all today are experiencing certain cravings. Because I believe everybody in this room, and this doesn't have to be a word of knowledge or wisdom or prophecy, I believe everybody in this room under the sound of my voice has something inside of them that God has placed in you. Everybody in this room has something inside of you that God put there and that by the grace of God you are going to give birth to. Well, I'm too old for that stuff. I'm retired now. There's still something in you. He wants it to come out in this season. The best has not come out of you yet. All has not come out of you yet. God, had not, God has designed us to die empty. He's not going to let you go to the grave with books inside of you, with vision inside of you, with stories and revelation inside of you, with wisdom on the inside of you. He's reserved some of it because you need it. We need it in this season. So the first thing I want to tell you that I want you to get, I done gave away all my favorite candy bars. No, I didn't. Thank you, Jesus. Just somebody just blessed to be a blessing. Praise God. Um, the first thing I want you to understand is God put it in you. God put it in you. Let me show you Luke 124. Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. Before Zechariah and Elizabeth had the opportunity to come together, it was conceived, hear me, in God's mind. When he spoke it, it became what he spoke because his word cannot come back to him void. So if he speaks it, it is going to happen. Here's what he says in verse 35. Watch this. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. God puts what's on the inside of us. And whatever, it, whatever that is that he's placed on the inside of you, he's asking you to give birth to it. But you have to know that it's come from God. And with five, six generations represented here at Extraordinary Church in this relatively young church plant, I'm telling you that there are some things in this room that will bless and revolutionize this country. 
I'm telling you there are things in this space that will bless your family, that will bless this city, that will bless this region, that will bless your friends. It, I'm telling you, God wants to use you in business, and he wants to use you in entertainment. He wants to use you in education. He wants to use you in media and academia and family. He wants to put something on the inside of you that will be a blessing to others. If you believe that, give him praise. So if God, somebody say, God put it in me. Okay, if God put it in you, the next thing I want you to understand is that God names it. God names it. Look at Luke 1.13. Look at Luke 1.13. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son. And you are to name him John. Now, here's the thing that's amazing. There was nobody in that family lineage named John. That came out of like nowhere, fam. So you can imagine, I mean, just imagine Zachariah and Elizabeth, when they dreamt about having children, I'm sure they probably had conversations with more priestly names, like Aaron, Zadok, or Abijah. And the angel of the Lord is like, nah, John, John. See, why though, why? Because what's on the inside of you cannot be named by you since you didn't put it there in the first place. What's on the inside of you can only be named by the person that put it on the inside of you. I'm going to try not to get too excited here, but you have to understand. Look at Mary. Look at verse 31 in the same chapter, Mary. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Praise God. Now check out the collaboration between these two wombs. The meaning of the name John, the name means Jehovah has been gracious. What did God really put on the inside of Elizabeth's womb? He put a grace on the inside of Elizabeth. What you're about to give birth to Elizabeth is going to be gracious. Everybody that experiences it will know that I have been gracious because of what they feel and what they see and sense coming through you. God has been gracious. Jehovah has been gracious. The name Jesus, it means, we know this, to deliver, to rescue. Uh, it, it, it's, it's where we get the word salvation. He's a deliverer. He is a rescuer. It's the name, it's the same name as Yeshua in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, Joshua or Jeshua in the Old Testament with a little bit of variation. So in one womb, we have graciousness. And in the other womb, we have salvation. Watch this. One womb, graciousness. The other, salvation. And the Lord says, in order for, these, for, for my word to come to pass in the earth, I've got to bring these two things together. We are together here at Extraordinary Church. And multiple generations are together here at Extraordinary Church. So, God put it in you. Somebody say, God put it in me. Then say, God gets to name it. 
Okay, so he's put it in you and he names it. The third thing is this. He'll bring it all together. <laughs> He'll bring it all together. Look at verse 41. Look at verse 41 of the same chapter. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, can you imagine, so if you remember the text that I read to you, it says that just a few days after Mary has this angelic interaction, she decides to travel to Elizabeth's house. And so she shows up at Elizabeth's house. And now if you remember, or if you don't, I don't think this was read in the excerpt that I read to you, but it tells us in Luke chapter 1 earlier that Elizabeth hid herself for many months. So nobody knew what was going on. So Mary is knocking on the door. Elizabeth, honey, Elizabeth, where you at, fam? So come on out. She, she probably in the cut hiding in the house and says, I got some news to tell you. And Mary's like, Mary's like, I got some news to tell you. She's like, what is it? She was like, I know. And she's like, what do you know? She was like, the Lord told me. What did the Lord tell you? She said, the Lord told me you were with child. And I can see Elizabeth, Elizabeth, honey, in her old age. Honey, grabbing up against the wall. You're right. And look, I'm really, we're talking six months pregnant, fam. The moment Elizabeth steps in the room, in the same space with Mary, something phenomenal happens. John, who's in the womb, is like this. And they're like, woo! Elizabeth was like, what? What else is crazy is this. She says to Mary, says, look, she was like, not only do I know about you, but I'm pregnant. <laughs> this is phenomenal. Now, check this out. This is crazy. Because, this is fascinating. God lets... He doesn't let two girls in the same generation get pregnant with something. That would have been too easy. He said, no, no, no. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God of Elizabeth and Mary. So that through the connection, they can give birth to what they're supposed to give birth to in their generation. If Elizabeth doesn't give birth to John, Jesus has no one to clear the way. And if Mary doesn't give birth to Jesus, nothing John clears will be worth anything so what I want you to understand through that connection they can give birth to what they're supposed to give birth to in their generation now you might not be craving chocolate but you are craving something for a reason there's something on the inside of you but do you believe it is the question 
Don't be Zacharias and hear the word and go, well, he can't be talking to me because I stood up first. That means I've got less time in front of me than I do have behind me. No, no, no. What that means is God can just do it in less time. You can still give birth to what he's called you to give birth to. And we had three babies, praise God. And we got a lot more downstairs in the nursery. They've already got something on the inside of them. These three babies that we were holding, little David and others, I'm telling you right now, they might not be able to articulate it or talk about it, but God has put something on the inside of them and he's going to get it out of them. You might be a young adult and you might not have it all figured out. That does not, does not disqualify you. You need to know that God has put something on the inside of you and you're going to make a difference in this world. Praise God. God is speaking to you about something. He's placed something on the inside of you. And I want you to connect with somebody that's not in your generation and share it with them. See if something leaps on the inside. See, I can remember, I don't have time to unpack all this because I want to be sensitive to time, but I want to share something because I can remember when I first got in church, I was like, wow, Jesus is real. I want to show you what the Lord, the Lord is so amazing because it's not like I, he's showing me something now, 25 plus years later, what he was doing back then. This is so crazy, Pastor Barry. When I first came in church, uh, I was like, whoa, Jesus is real? Like the Holy Ghost? No, I was like, I was like, what? I was like, this is crazy. I was like, wow. And I did not know what to do, where to go, how to do it. I was all over the place. So much, uh, much smaller church. We might have about 30, 35 people at that time. And there might have been like two, three young adults. The dude that won me, and it's my boy named Lee, this guy named Lee. And I don't know if they watch it, but shout out to Lee and Matt. Boy, I love y'all. I ain't talked to them in years. Anyway, there was nobody for me to connect with. So you know what? God took this 18-year-old kid. That's me. I know I don't look 18 now. Praise God. I had hair back then at 18. Did I show you the picture, Pastor Brian, right? And the waves was tight, Santa. You would have had to edge me up. Santa would have been like, let me just get you, get you right. I had a little hairline back then, Santa. It's true. It's true. And I connected with this 75-year-old woman. Generations apart. But you know what? Now, that's her. Her name is Louise Hickman. And I, I think I've shown you all a few pictures right here. Just the quintessential Southern Belle. That's her daughter, Gloria. Uh, we had culturally nothing in common. These, hold on, leave that picture right there for a second. You know, you know, these are old because, like, look how granulated and pixelated they are now. I was like, why don't I have more pictures? And then it hit me, like, smartphones weren't even out at this time. I mean, if you wanted to take pictures, you needed to walk around. We would walk around with big DSLRs thinking we were doing something. So nobody did it. This is like, does anybody here know about a Blackberry? Praise God. Okay, okay. We got a few people. <laughs> My generation, my generation would know about a Blackberry. I did not know that. How could I? I can't expect me to know. Y'all act like I, when I'm, I, did, I did not know Blackberry was Canadian. 
I don't know if that's good or bad because it's not around anymore. <laughs> is it? There is nobody that still got blackberries. Oh, the government, they got a contract. Okay, praise God. Okay. If you work for Blackberry, may the Lord bless you and the business real good in Jesus' name. <laughs> so, we had, but you know what? When we would get together, I literally, it was just like, I was drinking from a faucet. Y'all know how when we have my boy Josh Resar and he's preaching. Uh, Josh, if you're reaching, if you're watching, I don't know he is, I love you, boy. He'd just get that water and be like, Duh. I'm like, is he going to swallow? My boy is going in on that water. That's how I was spiritually. And that's why she's, you see the way she's got holding my hand there? This is the one. I'm telling like everything I learned, like between, it was like her and my pastor. Just like literally, spiritually nursed me. Put in me, you know what it was? Put in me a love for the word of God. Put in me a love for worship. There was something when we got together, Elvis, you know what would happen in me? And you know what would happen in her? There was this connection that transcended generations, and I would drink deep. I, this is the one who taught me how to pray. Because beforehand, I didn't, I didn't know. I thought you had to be a raving lunatic when you prayed. Because I didn't know any better. I was like, I thought, you know how the prayer meetings go in our circles? Prayer meetings, you would have, oh, no, no, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But I had never even thought about, I was so wrong, I never even thought about sitting down and having a conversation with the Lord. Let alone listening. I thought prayer was everything about what I wanted. I learned from her in Scripture, he's a speaking God. He'll speak to us. So, you know what she would do? She invited me over to the house. I ain't had nowhere to go. She said, baby, now these, these folks, you know when they reach a certain age, they can call you baby or son and just pat you on the hand and like, even just touch on, I'm not going to touch on your face, praise God. <laughs> but... She would just go like this. She just, you know, and the hands feel so soft. They just feel so motherly. Praise God. You just, you just like, you just want to just, just rest your face in their, in, their, in, your, in their hands. And so she would say, come here, baby. And she would, she would make roast. She would, it would just be me. And she'd be cooking like 10 people are coming. She'd be like, yes, hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know who said that, but I felt a witness in my spirit on that thing. So... She would cook roast, and this roast would be, a, she cooked cornbread from scratch, macaroni and cheese, and collard greens, and bean, black-eyed peas. Oh, my Lord. Yes. So, and listen, we'd go in, and I'd eat. And by the time, and the gravy, you know, this food would be so good, and that gravy would be hidden, you would put the gravy on everything. That's the only time. This is when you know you're a good cook. If your food can touch and, like, people have put different things on the forking, that's when you know you're cooking. If I got to eat the same thing and I can't mix my food, we got a problem. So she would, she would cook and she would feed me, and, you know, she would, and she would be like, baby, I just ate, like, a full plate, probably, like, 2,500 calories. And she was like, that's not enough. 
She was like, you ain't got no meat on your bones, baby. You need a little more meat on your bones. So she just puts, puts some more food on the plate, and then I'd be stuffed. Oh, she would always make sweet tea. Oh, I can taste it right now. Man, I can even taste the glasses. Uh, just I can feel anyway. I'm going, help me, Lord. Let me stay on focus. Stay focused. So we would do this, and then you know what she would do? She said, come on into the living room. So we, I sit down. on. She had two lazy boys, one right here, and there'd be a little, little table in between, and I sit here. Her, really, the other uh, lazy boys for her daughter, but her daughter was working. She was a bank executive. She said, baby, just come sit right here. And so I sit there, and she'd have her Bible, her Bible right there, and the Bible would just be sitting, and she would say, you know what? She'd say, ooh. She said, just, she said, I was reading this this morning. She said, go, go ahead and uh, read that out loud. And I get it. I'm like, man. Just start. She's like, ooh. She said, didn't that bless you? I, and sometimes I'd be like, well, uh, I don't know what I just read. I, did, I would tell her that. I'd be like, what, 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 what did I just read? Because she was old school. It's King James English. I'm giving y'all new living translation, y'all. But well, I love this because, you know, well, I was teaching somebody who had, hadn't been in church. They weren't raised in church or whatever. And uh, they were like, uh, I said, I'm going to read it to you. Uh, they, somebody had given them a Bible, and it was King James. And I was thinking they probably won't be able to catch King James. So let's read New Living. And uh, so I was reading. He was like, man. He said, let, let me read my translation. And I said, go ahead. And uh, he began to read. He said, doesn't that just sound more dramatic and theatrical? I said, if you want to get down with the King James, let's get down with the King James. I mean, I'm, I'm fluent in it now, but I, at the time, so I was like, who, I, I, I don't know what that said. She was like, let me help you, baby. And she would begin to explain it to me, and then she would always say, isn't that rich? And I would say, ooh, that makes so much more sense. And so, you know what? We'd be worshiping, and she was like, just, let's, just, let's just praise the Lord for a minute. And she would. She would just lift her head. She would do this. I'm going to start getting choked up. If I, I'll never forget it. She would, she would always lift her hand, and when she really felt the presence of the Lord, she'd just cover her mouth like this, and she'd just, mm. she'd just, mm, you know. And I'd look, we'd just worship, and I'm like, oh, she's worshiping right now. I'd realize you can worship at home with no music? By yourself? So I was like, I'm worshiping. Now, I'm not going to front. Like, I had the itis. Because she would give me so much food. So, like, after I'll be. But here's the cool thing. Before I fell asleep, she would fall asleep. <laughs> she would wake up, like, 20 minutes later. After we come up out of this coma, and she would be right back here, like, It was amazing. But you know what? God, through her, put something in me. Now, I'm telling you this because this is important. Because I got my heart for young people from her. In the South, and depending upon your familiarity with Christianity, and even culturally that day, uh, you know, uh, inclusion and rights, those things were not as prevalent and prominent as they are now. We were not as cognizant and intentional as we are now in her day. And so they didn't believe in women being in ministry. She was the first female youth pastor in the city of Tupelo, Mississippi. 
she was breaking all types of societal norms. They've got annexes and buildings named after her. She made a huge impact. But you know what? As a young person, I'm 18, she's 75, she's connecting with me. I got her heart for young people, so I'm crazy about teenagers and young adults. This is why I'm 46 years old, fam, and I'm still getting invitations to preach youth conferences. What? I got no hair on my head. I don't know what a TikTok is. Still, I still don't have a TikTok. I barely, I got Facebook, fam. I got Facebook. I got Facebook. I do a little bit on Instagram. Like once every month, I might post something. And you know what? I'll go, I'll go places to preach, and I'll preach to these young people. I just got finished doing a youth conference like three weeks ago. And when I walk in and I see them, you know what happens to me? I get up, ain't got, can't, I don't know what a 15-year-old does. But when I get up, you know what? In them, it's a spiritual connection. God is trying to deconstruct these generational barriers that the enemy is trying to erect in our culture. We need one another. And, it's, and the reason why we have our cravings, I'm telling you, you'll be able to unlock something, pull something out of us that's in us. We need one another. And more importantly, I'm not fronting on Instagram or TikTok. I'm not trying to connect with them that way. I'm not trying to be relevant to them that way. What I want to do is connect with them with the kingdom, the kingdom of God. There's something on the inside of me that wants to declare the kingdom of God is here. There is a God who loves you, has a plan and purpose for your life, and wants to revolutionize your world. Whew. I got off on that. I got to get back to what I'm doing. Help me, Lord. So, what I want to know is, you know what? I'm a close 425. Why don't we all stand? Praise God. Here's what I'm going to have you do. I need somebody, even if you don't have a candy bar, I just need you to say, I've got cravings. Come on. Say it again. I've got cravings. Okay. Praise God. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your hand on your stomach. Praise God. Put your hand on your stomach. Go ahead and help us out. Praise God. Make this declaration. Just hear me out. I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Why some of y'all like? Ah, that's too funny. That's too funny. Nobody's going to get in trouble. This is figuratively speaking, fam. Figuratively speaking. Praise God. Figuratively speaking. For some of the men, it was really awkward. I saw y'all were like, <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Put your hands back on your stomach. Say this. Not say this, but say this. 
there's something on the inside of me that God wants to come out. I give him permission to make the deposit. And I give myself permission to make the withdrawal. Okay. You know what's going to start happening? Cravings. <laughs> Your appetite's going to start to change. Praise God. Your hunger for the Word is going to start to increase. Your appetite for worship is going to increase. Your need to be in God's presence is going to increase. Your prayer time is going to increase. The love of God, which is the Holy Ghost shed abroad in our hearts, is going to increase. His kingdom in your life is going to begin to increase. You are going to begin to decrease. And you know what you'll do? Like Mary, be it unto you, according to your word. Whew. Somebody in this place has something that will revolutionize this region. There's something on the inside of you. And you know what we have to do? We have to nourish it. You got to feed it the right things. Because if you're going to give birth to something so significant that nobody in your family is going to be able to take the credit for, that you're going to have to give God all the glory for when they see that come out of your life, whether you're 88, 16, or 3, you've got to make a determination. I'm going to let what's on the inside come out of me. Whew. I feel the presence of the Lord and I trust that you do for those that are watching online. We want you to come back and join us in person as I believe God is doing a great work in your life. Come and see us. We'd love to have you. We're thankful for all those that are here with us. God bless you. But right now in this way. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.